Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. This is who we are. We're Legacy Church. You know, we're going to talk about who we are, our mission, our vision today. For two, And this has been our vision, but it's our vision for 2020. You know, you can declare this is going to be your best year yet. That doesn't mean the devil ain't going to come and knock on your door. But you know what? As you set your course, as you put these things in your heart and in your life, when he answers, you'll have an answer. Hey, when he knocks on the door, you can open up and say, hi, it's just you. Get out. <laughs> Lester Summerall is one of the greatest evangelists and missionaries, and, and he was a young man being mentored, uh, and they were in Africa, and the man he was with uh, was a the door swung open in the middle of the night. I mean, you know, there's a devil and there are demons. And that demon said, oh, it was, uh, his name was Carter. His last name was Carter. He goes, I know who you are. And Lester said he pulled the covers over his head and said, thank God he didn't call my name. <laughs> but you know what? He did face the devil one day and it did call his name. And he, he was ready and addressed him. You know, God wants us to address every situation that comes down the road towards us. How many of you are warm in here? Yeah. Hey, can, can I have an usher go down there and bump it down to about 32? No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> I am really warm. Where's my ushers at? No ushers. There you go, Mr. Bobby. There you go, Patrick's got it. So let's talk about our mission just for a little bit. And number one, as you look at your sheet, uh, Legacy Church 2020. Uh, our mission is to, and we'll make it, I made it simple. Go make disciples. Jesus said, go make disciples. So, so as a Christian, as a believer, and if you're not a believer, we're going to give you an opportunity today. But listen to me. As a believer, we're supposed to make disciples. Now, now some of you are going, well, I don't know what to do. It's simple. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness. It's living it. And then you'll have an opportunity because people will say, Tim, what do you have that I don't have in my life? What is it that you've got? What is it that your wife has? Jesus said that you, you'll be known as my disciples by the love that you have for one another. That you're not a griper and a complainer. That you're not talking about how bad it is. You're talking about how good God is. That's what disciples do. They're going to answer with the Word of God. Okay, let's just do this right quick. Y'all sitting there, so I'm going to give y'all something to think about. How many of y'all took driver's ed? Raise your hand. Don't be scared. How many of y'all studied for the test, a driver's ed? So how many of you took a driver's test? Yeah. You know, I almost ran a red light. I'm looking at the traffic, and the light turns yellow, and I didn't see it, and I come to a screeching halt, and the man driving said, you almost failed your driver's test. The Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word, and I'm like, okay, if I put the word in my heart, that means I'm not going to sin anymore? No, you put the word in your heart so you know the rules of life. The driver's test that you studied says come to a complete stop at the stop sign, not a California stop where you just roll up and go on through because you will get a ticket. The Word says thou shalt not commit adultery because it will tear your whole family up. Right? That we know what the Word, thy Word have I hid in my heart so I won't break the rules. Not that the rules that, oh, well, you just God's just a bunch of can't. No, he's trying to save you. God hates car wrecks. That's why you come to a complete stop. He don't want you hurt. And that sign, it's got the numbers on it. You're supposed to stay on that number right there. 65 means 65, not 73. I'm preaching to myself. That's why we've got to know these things. That's why we've got to know the Word. That's why you come to church. It's just not to make you feel good that you're a part of the kingdom of God. You're a part of the family of God. And we want to learn the Word of God just like, you know, how many of you just couldn't wait to get your driver's license? I mean, I was sitting in church at 13, and the preacher said, Jesus is coming. 
And I said, well, wait a minute. I won't get my driver's license. Wait a minute, you know. And then I got my driver's license, and the preacher said, Jesus is coming. I said, wait a minute. I won't get married and have some kids. And then I got married and had some kids and had a car note, house note, and kids everywhere. I'm like, come on, Jesus. Come on. And there is a scripture that says, come quickly, Lord. I've been saying that for years now. All right, wake y'all up. So, so Matthew 28, 19 says, go therefore and teach, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go make disciples. We're supposed to go make disciples, and we'll talk about this a little bit more. You know, when I came here, God gave me that we want to see people saved, healed, delivered, discipled, empowered, and serving. That's what a disciple is. Saved, healed, delivered, discipled, empowered by God, and serving. And you can all serve. How many of you know you all have gifts? You are all the body. You know, it's the body. You got a head, you got toes, you got, and some of y'all think you're the armpit, but you're not. Come on now. And some say, well, I'm just a little toe. I'm not important. Yes, you are. Let me take a hammer to your little toe, and we'll see how important it is. You'll limp for weeks. So you're important to the body of Christ. You're important to this body. Amen? And so, so as we, we dig into some of this, we want you to look. Our missions go make disciples. Everything we do out of the church is to represent God. Everything we do as a church, everything you do represents God. Uh-oh. So we need to recognize that we're, we have a purpose as a part of it. Where's my youth at? Can I have the youth? If you're under 18, if you're 18 under, can you stand up? 19? There's only one. Come on, y'all scared, you bunch of chickens. So, so, so you know what? Whose team are you on? Are you, are you on Fort Chiswell? Are you on Wyth? Are you on uh, Real Retreat? You know, every county you go to, they got three towns and they're all rivals and stuff. Listen to me. First and foremost, you're on Team Jesus. And look at all the people sitting. They're on Team Jesus too. So you're on the same side as Jesus. Get that in your heart. You can be seated. I'm going to make y'all stand up, up, and down the whole time, so you better get ready. <laughs> Parents, if Jesus is not number one in your life, he's not going to be number one in your kid's life. If church is not important to you, parent, it's not going to be important to your kids. Because you want them to be a disciple. You want them. If studying or reading the Bible is not important to you, it won't be important to your kids. You have to teach them the Word of God. You have to live by example. It starts at home. It does, it does, it does. Let's make disciples. And that's part of, part of where we're going And as we look at this today. It's who we are. And, and, you know, I'm laying out who we are. This is our culture. You know, there are many churches in this town. There are many churches in this county. There are many churches in Virginia. And you know what? If the pastor's called by God, he's supposed to be there, he's there. He's got an anointing to teach, and I'll read on that in just for a se- in a second. But I, what I want to say is, if God has you here, this is our mission. This is who we are. Grab a hold of it. That's why I'm laying this out the first Sunday in 2020. We're laying out who we are. We're to make disciples. Not me. You. No, me too. But quit bringing stuff to me that God's put on your heart to do. Pastor, we need to be doing this. That's what God told you to do. Ah, because you know what? God will give you a vision of how to reach somebody. Okay, got quiet in here. So let's go to number two. I got a lot to do today. We're going to talk about 21-7 prayer and fasting too, but not, not a whole lot. But let's look at number two, our vision. Our vision, a thriving family of believers reaching Southwest Virginia with the love of God. Do you know that's who we are? Not only Southwest Virginia, but I believe that we're supposed to go around the world. I believe some of you are supposed to go around the world. Not me, man. I don't know. Yeah. If you know John 3.16, you're ready. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have 
everlasting life. You ready? I don't want to take the step. But you know what? We are called to Southwest Virginia. We're called to Wythe County. We're called to Bland County. We're called to Smith County. We're called to Grayson County. We're called Pulaski. Huh? And, you know, Judea, Samaria. Let's read Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power. Ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Withville. Didn't say Withville, that's what he's talking about. In Withville, in Southwest Virginia, Judea, Samaria, America, and to the othermost parts of the earth. How do you know if you're called to somewhere to another, to another country? You ever thought about it? Haven't even entered in your mind, has it? It's because you're not. You know, when I was a kid, the devil said, God's going to call you to China. You cannot submit to the ministry. And I'm like, I don't even like rice. I, I ain't going to China. And finally, I said, Lord, I'll go to China. He said, no, I didn't ask you to go to China. Because, see, it'll be a burning in your heart. I need to go to that country. That's how you know. If you can go and help somebody that's got a burning, the, the Bible says if you can give a cup of water in the name of a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. And you'll notice that missionaries go to those countries and the water's horrible and they got filters they give out or they drill wells for them. And you can go and help drill a well. Not everybody's a Bible teacher, but everybody can hand a bottle of water out, huh? And so God may put it in your heart to go help a certain missionary. Not that you're going to live there. Not, no, it would, you would have a burning desire for a country to go there. Now, everybody go, Whew. come on, because some of y'all have been wor worrying about, you know, what am I supposed to do? Or am I, am I supposed to go to Russia? Oh, my goodness. You'll want to go. You'll study it out. You'll figure it out. Just like you wanted to drive a car, you took the driver's ed course, you'll study it out, and you'll have a hunger and desire. And listen to me, you're supposed to be hungry for God. You need to be studying that out. You need to ask God for a hunger. So let's break down our code, our core values. Let's look at these. Everybody with me? Jesus is our example. 1 John 4, 17. By this, love is perfected with us. Or by this, I've got it amplified. Union and communion with him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him because as he is, so are we in this world. If you don't have assurance, if you are not sure that you're a child of God, today's the day of salvation. Okay? We need to know. We need to have that assurance. You know, I, I was saved, but, you know, after Friday night, and you crawl in bed, the devil crawls in there. You know you're not saved after what you did because you get caught up in peer pressure. I'm talking to the youth. Stupid comes knocking. But thank God for grace and mercy. So, Jesus is our example. And look, at here's a, here's a heavy one. You ready? Oh, let me finish. Let me, let me, John 14, 12. Oh, boy, I didn't give him this one, but it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Also, greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Okay, one more time, because y'all just sitting there sleeping. Verily, verily I, verily, I say to you, He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Greater Works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. 
greater. Now I'm breathing in the bag. But guess what? It's not on me to perform. It's no pressure on me. All I have to do is believe. When I speak the word, when I pray that God answers, hey, that God wants people well, that God wants people saved, that God wants people delivered, that God wants people free, that God wants people smiling. Turn a smile at somebody. Come on, use your faith. Some of y'all, you think they don't have nothing to smile about. Jesus is your example. He is the one. You know what? I believe Jesus smiled a lot. Look at the 12 knuckleheads that walk with him. <laughs> Arguing and cutting up. They're like a bunch of kids. And you know he had to be laughing at it. Lord, are these the ones? Are you sure? But if they made it, we can make it. Yes. Amen. Yes. So, so, so Jesus is our example. The next one is love is our foundation. Hallelujah is right. 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. And he, uh, the one who does not uh, love, does not know God, for God is love. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. So I'm worshiping this morning. And I'm standing over here. And, and this, this a reminder, because the Lord was speaking to me. How many of y'all ever heard the scripture to speak the truth in love? Speak the truth in love. Well, telling somebody you're ugly, I'm just telling you the truth in love. You're going to hell. Uh, 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 that's not a license to be rude. Speaking the truth in love is not a license to be rude to anybody. To come in and know you're supposed to love. And you know what? There are some things you got to tell you don't say it. Don't say it because they're not ready to receive it. They may not be sober enough, or you may not be the one to tell it. How I many you know, you know uh, I, my brother don't want to hear me. Jesus said, a prophet's not welcome in his own hometown. My, my mama don't want me to preach to her. I preach to him all the time. But, oh, that's just Brett. No, this is what the Word says, but that, uh, brother, you know, and so God will send you to who will receive from you. Are you asking God to send you to hungry people? I mean, I went fishing, and I went where there were fish. There ain't no fish in the mud hole out there. If I'm going fishing, I want to go where there are fish and where they're hungry, and I want to use the right bait. That's how you win people. Ask God, where do I need to go? Who's hungry? Who's hungry, Lord? Who needs you? Who's asking for you? Who needs somebody to speak life to them? It gets easy now. See, that's the advantage of the Holy Spirit. We got help. This is not works. It's, you know, and speaking the truth in love, listen to me. We are not the Holy Spirit. You ain't living right. That ain't your place. The Holy Spirit's the one to tell them not living. And you know what? Some people have seared their conscience to the Holy Spirit. They just like being rude. But God and Jesus wasn't rude. He was point blank to religious people, but he loved people like me and you. So let's keep going. Love is our foundation. Next one, the Holy Spirit is our guide. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Nope, I'm sorry. There we go. I'm sorry. I'm out of order. Faith is our response. Faith is our response. We always want to believe God for the best. Well, you don't know what I've been going through. God does, and he cares, and he makes a way. Cody broke out a new song, makes a way. Huh? Faith is our response. 2 Corinthians 4.13. But having the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore also speak. Faith has a way of talking. Who, who, okay. 
Who's your favorite football team? Anybody got a favorite football team? Oh, come on. Who's your favorite football team? Stand up. Don't look at him. Him? No, you raise your hand. Come on, just tell me who. Name the team. Who do you say? Cleveland. Who's, who's your favorite player? Yeah. Who's your favorite team? The Steelers. Who's your player? Who's your favorite player? Can you name name players? Jerome Bettis. Who else? <laughs> LSU Tigers. Go, go Tigers. Go Tigers, huh? What, well, what am I asking that? Because you know your team, you know who your favorite players are, you know everything about them. Faith should say the same thing. Christian, you should have favorite verses. You should have favorite scriptures. You have favorite chapters. I like them all. You know, I've eaten steak. I've ate steak before. I've eaten chicken, but I eat it again. And I go back to scriptures, and I go back to the Word, and I always stay in the Word. So what's your favorite scripture? Faith, faith, faith is our response. How many of you know that you've been given the measure of faith? Everybody's got faith. I'm going to go ahead and say this one. I'll say it again probably in two weeks. Grace is God's hand extended to you. Faith is your hands extended to God. By grace are you saved through faith. God even cheated and gave you faith so you could touch his hand. God has given you faith so you can reach up and grab him. But you know what gets in the way? It's wood, that's why. This gets in the way. God could never forgive me of that. What I've been through, I don't know. And, and, and listen, let me just say this by the Spirit of God. Some of you are frustrated because you have not been in the will of God. Maybe you're not in the will of God now. Repent. Receive peace. Then let's travel. In 2020, we're going to receive the will of God. We're going to walk in the will of God. Set your course. Where do you want to go? Where's my phone? Let's type in the GPS. We're going to Charlotte. We're going to get on the interstate. Take 77 South. How you know? That's where we're going. Where are you going in 2020? Faith has a response. Faith has a response. Better in 2019. Amen, amen, amen. Family is our culture. Ephesians 3.14, for this reason, seeing the greatness of, of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15 and 16, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. So every family in heaven and earth is named, and God is our Father. Look at verse 16. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself dwelling, uh, indwelling in your innermost being or personality. The Spirit of God's on the inside of you, and he calls you family. We're family. We're family with the Baptist church. We're family with the Methodist church. We're family with the Presbyterian church. Do we all agree with them? No, but we're still family. I mean, there's a group in town that tell people, they hold up signs, you're going to hell. Well, they're Christians. We got to love them even though we don't agree with them. I dare say if I said somebody stand up here and here and here and here, they wouldn't all agree in the same thing in doctrine. But can we be family? Yes. Can we agree? Can can, can we agree at, with the values that, that we're preaching today and where we're going as a church and what we want to do? We want to build the kingdom of God. Guess what? I'm not building my kingdom. It's Jesus' kingdom, and that's where we got to stay focused, and this is our, our family's the culture. This is part of what Jesus taught. He said, how do you pray? 
our Father. Family. Which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's the next one? Worship. Worship is our passion. John 4, 23, but the hour is coming. Time will come, however, indeed it is already here, when the true genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Reality, for the Father is seeking just such people as these as his worshipers. Worship. Uh, let me, there are five love languages. Does anybody know what they are? I can't hear you. Yell it out. Words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gifts, and what's that last one? Physical touch. The first one is worship to God. Words of affirmation. Father, I honor you. Father, I love you. Father, I appreciate you. Father, you are awesome. Thank you for Jesus. Father, we thank you for your son. And, Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. And all of them are in God, and some of them are in you more than others. How many of you know what your gift is? Your love language gift. If you don't know, husband and wife, you need to figure that out. It'll help your marriage out a whole lot. Worship. I can't worship because this, whoever this is singing beside me, they're all, then sing louder than them. You're not in spirit when you're listening to somebody else. Because, you know, uh, and, and the Lord has to get on to me from time to time. I was in a service, and this guy was six, six, and about 300 pounds, and he was doing this in the altar. And I'm like, oh, Lord, help me. I can't worship with this guy. Well, just close your eyes in and shut up is what the Lord said. But I don't know what, why he was doing that, what he'd been delivered from. He may have been his whole life on drugs, and God set him free. So, so how people worship, don't let that bother you. You don't know what they're dealing with. Why are they snotting and crying? You don't know. Pray. You get in the Spirit. See, when you, when you worship God, he inhabits our praises, then he can come and minister to those people. He'll even help them sing on key. Okay, worship, because we love to worship. We love to honor God. We love to worship him, and it doesn't have to have music. You can worship God without music. You can worship him anywhere, because he knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. But I do believe in words. I do believe in speaking words. I, I know there are times to be silent, and God can hear it. But listen, there are times to release things, too. There are times to shout a hallelujah or glory to break some things off of you. What's our next one? Discipleship is our mission. Now, we already did that. That's our mission, discipleship. But I put that in our core value. Why? Because it's still there. But let me ask you, let me, let me ask you this. How do you know that you're a disciple? I mean, you can be saved but not totally a disciple. How do you know that you're a disciple? I'm going to give you three, three, three things. You're a self-feeder. means you open up the Bible and read it for yourself. You listen to preaching. You, you seek out things. You study those hundred scriptures on healing. You know, some people, you know, freak out because, because, because we speak in tongues or we believe uh, in speaking in tongues here. Do you know there's a whole chapter in the Bible on speaking in tongues? 1 Corinthians 14 is a whole chapter. If it wasn't supposed to be, the, you know, tongues today, then that wouldn't be in there, would it? But, you know, don't freak out on that. Freak, what you need to do is chase God. Amen. Study it out. Hunger for more, deeper revelation of God. More of God. That's what disciples do. They're self-feeders. I always use example. I go to my mama's house. She says, hey, can I have a bowl of cereal? You don't have to ask. Go get it. God's not waiting on you to ask. God said, go get it. They're promised. They're provided. It's provision. It's what's already been provided. Number two is that Jesus said you'll know 
that you're my disciples by the unity and the love that you have for one another. Ooh, if there's somebody you can't get along with, you're not being a disciple. And how about the, the unity and love? The next one, Jesus said, that you'll be known by the fruit. By the fruit that you have. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness, long-suffering, patience. Listen, you know, religious people tell you don't pray for patience because, boy, the devil's going to put it on you. You already have patience. You already have love. You just haven't developed it. You step on it. You push it down because you'd rather go, ah, 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 than have patience. What are they all doing up there driving, you know, or whatever? Or you get in the grocery store, and they pay for one thing at a time, and they've got 300 items. <laughs> Am I the only one? Okay, I'm the only one. What's the next one? Oh, the Holy oh there we go. That's one I, was, I had out of order. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Listen. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. He wants to guide you. He wants to talk to you. Romans 8, 15, 16, and 17. Let's look what it says. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. How many of you know there are preachers that preach you into slavery? They want to beat you over the head with the word. I'm not the Holy Spirit. No preacher is. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and he's always saying, you ever heard that voice? Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't go there. I, I remember being 13. This boy drove up in the car and, and, and just went through me. He's going to ask us to go for a ride. And that piece of junk, I do not want to get in that car. And that was the Holy Spirit saying, don't get in that car. And they peer pressured me to get in that car. And I knew. I already knew what was going to be. The conversation already went through me. This is the Holy Spirit. Let's see how fast it'll go. We survived. <laughs> Not bondage, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship, in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. There's father again. There's sonship. There's daughtership. There's family. Look at verse 16. But the spirit itself testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. There's that assurance again. And verse 17, and if children... And if we are his children, then we are his heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, sharing the inheritance, only we must uh, share with his suffering and his glory. And it goes on to say, the words be led. The Holy Spirit's in you. Let him guide you. Ask him to guide you. Talk to him. You ever talk to the Holy Spirit? Help me, Holy Spirit. Show me. Come, Holy Spirit. Guide me right now. Because you know what? You got to get this still to hear the Holy Spirit. Somebody, you know, preach, they preach against busyness. It's not being too busy. Jesus was busy. Jesus was going somewhere to happen all the time. But it's the busyness up here is why you can't hear. There's too many things that are still in God's place, the Holy Spirit seat in your mind. Too busy. All right, tomorrow, Monday, got to go to work, got to get this done. You're sitting here, where are we going to eat? What are we going to eat? Where are we going to lunch? What are we going to eat for supper tonight? I got to lay out this. I got to do that. Uh, I got to go do. And you lay out all these things. You need to be still in your mind and listen to the Holy Spirit today. And practice his presence. How about practicing his presence every day? How about giving him a chance to speak to you in the morning, in the evening? So how about reading the Bible? Guess who's looking over your shoulder? The Holy Spirit. And he'll say, whoa, look at that. Go back up and read that again. And you'll get hung up and read that thing 15 times. Because that's what he wants to put in you. That's what he's trying to tell you. That's where he's trying to guide you. So that's why we get into the Word. Because the Holy Spirit's leading does not go beyond the Word. You have the Word backs what the Holy Spirit or visitation from an angel. How about that? In the last days, there's going to be visitation of angels. You saw it when Jesus was, came the first time. Get ready. Okay, we'll go there. Y'all don't want to hear all that. So where are we at? Serving, Serving is our privilege. Mm. You get to serve God. 
How awesome. How awesome. We get to serve God. I save my comment for the next one. 1 Peter 4.10. And each one of you have received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment. Employed, employ it for one another as benefits or as befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to the Christians by unmerited favor. We get to serve. We get to serve. Now, I'm going to pick on Miss Donna. She's in here, but I'm not going to point her out. But she works, well, she is over there behind the table. She likes being behind the table. She likes waiting on you. She's found that's her niche, and she loves to be back behind the table. Miss Becky don't want to be behind the table. She wants to be out in front of the table. Her gift's out here doing, hey, how you doing? God bless you. I'm blessed, sadly favored, you know, a woman of God. And, that, and she's telling you, and she's preaching to you. But that's her gift, and that's her gift, and they're equally important because nobody would get anything from the table if Miss Becky was up to her. <laughs> Just kidding, because she's out here greeting people. But Miss Donna's holding the table down. Do you need anything? Let me get you this sign right here. How about that? Got to have that. Got to have different gifts. You got to have different people serving, and they're equally important. It's, and you know what? I dare say the greeters are, and the ushers are just as important as the preaching the Word. Do you know people decide whether they're going to come back to church in the first five minutes? Will they ever hear the first song or the first preacher? It's how they're greeted. Ain't nobody say nothing in here. There's a bunch of scow lemon heads in here. <laughs> Cabbage heads. They don't even change expressions. Okay, okay. But we get to serve, get to serve, nail a nail, vacuum, whatever needs to be done, you know, put what, uh, serve. So let's go to the next one. Excellence is our pursuit. You know, God does everything with excellence. I was thinking about serving and excellence. If Jesus was coming to your house for lunch today in the flesh, what would you serve and would it be as the best of your ability? Yes. Would it be with excellence? I'm not talking about that you got gold platters. I'm talking about they're clean. You'd be surprised. Okay, funny story. My pastor, before he was a pastor, they said, hey, will you come over here? They called him and said, we want you to come preach and do a two-day two or three-day revival. And so he preaches on a Thursday night and Friday night. Uh, they, they said, we don't have the money to put you in a hotel room. You can stay in our house. So they went in the bedroom, and they pulled a curtain. Didn't even have a door on the curtain. And, you know, there's no excellence there. And the next morning, phone rings, and a woman throws the curtain back. Yeah, they're in bed right here. I, I see them. I'm looking right at them. The next night, they eat supper, and they serve ice cream. And then the bowls weren't clean. And he's like, looking at what? don't eat that ice cream. You know, you don't think about that, but you know what? You want excellence. Your eye is created with excellence. Huh? Your heart is created with excellence. You were created in excellence. And all we're saying is to do everything to the best of your ability as unto the Lord. If you're going to be a greeter, if you're going to be an usher, if you're going to be on the security team, if you're going to teach the kids, you do it with all your might, with all your soul, with all your heart, and you do it as unto the Lord. Amen? In fear and trembling. The day I step down from preaching is when I don't have fear and trembling every time I step up here to preach. I have fear and trembling. Lord, help me. Help me. You see, a, a, a lot of people think, well, you know what? Anybody can do that. Well, God, God has to grace you to pastor or be an evangelist or, or be a, a, a teacher. or You know, you have to have the, a grace to do that. And it's not that I'm any better than you. That God's just God called me to do this. But God's called us all to be a part and to do everything with excellence. 
Teach your kids excellence. Yeah. I didn't turn in my homework. I know. I've been there. The dog ate it too. <laughs> Let's go to our, our last, last one. So whatever you do, do with your work heartily. As, as Colossians 3.23, I'm sorry. Whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul as something done for, for the Lord and not for men, knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord and not from men that you will receive the inheritance which is your real reward. The one whom you are actually serving is the Lord Jesus Christ or the Messiah. Every time you greet somebody, love on somebody, you're doing it unto the Lord. The Lord sees it. I'm at the airport, and I'm waiting on my luggage to come out, and comes you know comes around the thing there, and I'm standing there, and 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 here comes a carrier, comes sliding down, and lands in front of me there because I'm right where the chute comes out. I'm gonna get out of there. And I looked down about five people from me, and there's a little African-American girl, got a baby in her arm, and that's her carrier. And she pulls that carrier out, and I look behind the carrier comes the, the stroller that comes with it. And I look, and I said, is this your stroller too? And there's five people between me and her. And, and, and she goes, yes. And so I had to climb up, and I pulled that stroller because she's got the carrier, she got the baby. There's no way she's getting that stroller. I already saw that. I'm kind of quick. No, I want to serve. I want to serve somebody. And I'm, I'm stretching all I can, and I reach and get that thing, and there's people in the way, and I'm like, can y'all just help me just a little bit? But no, we're oblivious to the fact that somebody needs help. Didn't matter her skin color. Didn't matter who. It was a mama needed help. They're in the airport by herself, and I pulled that rack down, and I pulled the stroller over there to her, and she was gone. And I'm like, well, I'm jealous now. I'm still waiting on my luggage. But you know what? You help because God's called you to serve. We serve people, period. No matter where we're at. And you know what? I'm not saying that you can say, pat on me. don't pat me on the back because God rewards me. We do it because we're doing it as unto the Lord. That's what we want to do. We want to help people who need help. And we do it as, un as Jesus was there. Because I'd be grabbing Jesus' luggage, I guarantee you that. And you would too. So think about people as Jesus. So, so our last one is children is our legacy. Whether you have kids or not, children are the legacy here at our church and should be your nieces, nephews, your family, your children. They are our legacy. We need to be imparting into them the Word of God. Psalms 123.7 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Offspring are a reward. Four says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed, the, blessed, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them, and they will not be put to shame when they uh, contend with their opponents in court. What's, what's that got to do with us? Look at the kids we have. God has brought kids here, and it's our responsibility. My responsibility weighs on me. But it's your responsibility, too, to pray for these kids. Make sure they're taught the Word. And if you have any touch with them at all, you need to be teaching them the Word of God. You need to be blessing them. You need to smile at them because they may not get a smile at home. Tell them that you love them. You know what? I greet the kids just like I greet you. They're important. They are the kingdom of God. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And you know, you and I, I've taken it further. Those kids weren't wearing diapers, Jack. You ever held a baby with a real diaper on? You, whoo, you never know what you're going to get. And they stunk. You let those kids, all those kids run around outside and come back in, they stink. These kids were laid outside. And Jesus said, had them in his lap and said, bring them here. He cares about people. He cares, children are people too. Amen. Youth are people too. 
And we need to reach them while they're young because at 13, their head gets hard. Just kidding. Y'all know the joke. Raise them up. When they turn 13, you put them in a box, cut a hole in them, feed them. And then when they're 16, you plug the hole. No, just kidding. That was a youth pastor joke. Let me read this. Legacy is making decisions with the next generation in mind. In other words, it's not just about you. It's about you, your children, and their children. Listen, you know who who spoke to me growing up? My parents, I was too close. My uncles and aunts imparted in me a godly life. You may be somebody's uncle, somebody's aunt, You are important. They're watching you. It's not that they say, hey, boy, straighten up. I saw how they lived, and I wanted to live like that. See, there are Sunday school teachers that poured into me. Teachers that poured into me, that changed my life. You have impact on children whether they're yours or not. Count them all as yours. Jesus does. They're in the family. If you're you're in the family of God, all the children are yours. Be mindful. Pray for them. Speak words of affirmation over them. Give them gifts. Show them kindness. Okay. All right. Y'all are getting quiet in here. Can you agree with those core values? They're going to pass out everything that we have right here, uh, what we taught. Not just yet. We've got uh, some other things, but I, I want to read something to you. You know, as a church, where we go, as me as a pastor, uh, you know, where I'm leading us and want us to go because, see, we're adding onto the church. They're starting in April. It's been a process, let me tell you. But they're adding on, and we're adding 10 rooms on that side. And we're several in the front. We're going to take in some of the back for our kids. That's how important they are. And we're starting in April, and we want you to get excited about it. And they're ordering the building, so the building will be on the ground when they pour the slab. Three days later, they're raising the building, and we can get this thing done quick, okay? Can you all be in agreement with me? Now, what, what I'm saying is I, I want you to be in agreement with me, and I, I, need, I need your help. I need you to pray over it, that it, we have favor, and that it goes fast and quick. And, and with the situation that came down in Texas last week, that's why we need our kids locked down. We've got to have our kids locked down so nobody can go in there. Right now, anybody in the mama walks through there, they've got to come through those security guards we have, but they, they can get access to our kids. Nobody wants that. Don't want access in here either. But my, my point is, is, is that's one of the number one things when you look at adding on to a church. They said, can you lock your children down? And people say, well, what do you want? And, you know, people gripe about security. They got a shotgun in the corner at the house. In their own house. I do too. Jesus sent out his disciples. First time said, take nothing with you. Second time said, take your coat, your cloak, and go ahead and take your sword with you because there's idiots out there. How many of you know there's idiots out there today? Amen. So that, that's one of the biggest things is why we're doing what we do and adding on is locking down our kids and, and we're going to have some special things for them and do some great some things so kids will be excited about coming to church and, and those things. But listen, as a pastor, I want to read some things to you. In Ephesians 2 and 19, uh, he don't have it on the screen, so I just want you to listen. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with saints and members of the household of God. Can you receive that? This Ephesians 19 says that you are saints and members of the household of God. Verse 20, having been built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. How many of the apostles and prophets are the ones that follow Jesus? The prophets in the Old Testament, we stand on their promises. We stand on their word. The good news that Jesus came and as was revealed, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Verse 21 says, 
in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And this is my heart's cry for Legacy Church right here because this has to do with me, but it's talking about you too. In whom you also were built together for a dwelling place of the temple of God. You are the temple of God. You are the house of God. God dwells on the inside of you. In whom you also are being built together as a dwelling place uh, of God in the Spirit. And it goes on to Ephesians 3, 1, because it's, it's broken up in chapter and verse. It was a letter. Let's just keep reading. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of grace of God, of the grace of God that was given to me for you. Paul said, this is given to me. You know, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He wrote two-thirds for you. Colossians, Ephesians, 1 and 2 Timothy, all those were written to you, okay? And we learn from it. How about that revelation he made known, the mystery? But known to me, the mystery, as I have briefly, briefly written already, by which you, uh, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Paul had some knowledge, folks, right? And he imparted it in letters to us. It's called the Bible. It's called the New Testament. Nod your head, you know, I'm trying to help to stay with me. By which when we read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery. And I'm at verse 5. I'm going to hold just for a second. The Word of God at Legacy Church needs to be number one. It's number one. We live by the Word. We walk by the Word. That's why I use that example. We have hid the Word in our heart that we might live by it. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the good news. You are Gentiles. If there may be some Jewish heritage in here, but most of us are Gentiles. We're a part. You say amen. Of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me. I want to say, as pastor, that I have a gift to lead here. And here's where it gets, here's where it gets sketchy and edgy for you. I want you to catch our vision, where we're going. But maybe you're not called here. I want everybody to be called here. But you got to find your place in the kingdom of God. You have to find your place in the body of Christ. And if you're called here, I want you on 100%. I want you to live and breathe Jesus. I want you to live and breathe His Word. I want to push you this year to focus on God and make Him number one in every area of your life. Amen? So, so there's a gift Paul's talking about, a gift of grace to preach the gospel, to reveal it. I have a gifting, and I'm not like the guy down the road or the guy over there or the, this church over there. I'm different. Even though I want everybody to be here, not everybody wants to follow me. Not everybody wants me to be their pastor. You know? As, and and it, it, it hurts my feelings. That's just the way it is. But I'm calling you to get on board, to get involved, to be a part of our church, to help us serve people that come in here, to help disciple people. To, to, you know what? There's some things, you know, like we do a fusion where we give away backpacks. Not only that, but there's another group that's asked us to come help them. There's a group in town that, that deal with battered women and children. And they've asked us to come on board and try to help them. We're going to figure out a plan this month. And I'll present that plan and we'll all run and help those people. You know, we need to help people like that get out of that situation. Can you say amen? Well, that's what we need to do as a church. And, you know, I, I know I, I, I want growth. Because there's power in numbers. We can do greater and more things. M many hands make a light load. You ever heard that phrase? If I'm having to carry 200 pounds, if, I, if you got somebody on the other end, well, yeah, it's a lot easier. And so when we, I want us to do big things easy. Like helping those people. Like doing fusion. And, and, and so what we need is resources, which is money. And resources, which is people. And resources, which is strength, and strength comes with numbers. And it becomes fun. 
when you have help. If you know you had to do it all yourself, you're like overwhelmed. Now I got an 18-inch push mower. I need you to mow the church property. What? But if I had 30 of them, everybody would be grinning and laughing and going up and down these hills, you know, and pulling it. Because in strength in numbers. And guess what? Numbers represent people. I know we all like small numbers because we know each other. But guess what? Look around. There are people in this room you're supposed to do life with. That you get closer than others. But you least need to shake everybody's hand and smile at them. No, Okay. Let me finish this. In verse 8, he says, To me, and this is the way I feel a lot of times, who am less than the least of all the saints. This grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make see, uh, make all to see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the age uh, has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus. Who we are and what we are is I'm always pushing for us to be more in God and to do more in God. And I'm asking you to join us this year to recommit to the Lord, recommit to our church that we can do things together to grow the kingdom of God, to help people. We are the light of the world. We are the salt. We're the preservative. We're the light that smiles and says there is a help. There is a way. There is a Jesus. Amen? And so I'm asking you to to come, be a part Get involved and commit. Am I asking too much? Some of y'all sitting there, I don't know. Hey, you know, because we, we want to impact this region for the kingdom of God. We want to do more. There's more kids out there. There's more youth out there. There are more individuals out there that need Jesus. And I... I don't know if the statistics that, that I, was, I got from the Chamber of Commerce, 14,300 people don't know Jesus in Wythe County, and 14,900 do, or say they go to church, and you know everybody says they go to church, hasn't been in five years. We got, our, we got our work cut out for us. We've got to be that light. We've got to be that, man, you, you need to be in church. You need to give your heart to God. If you don't come to our church, you need to go to some church. Because going to church is better than not. Because that's what I'm saying. If you don't belong here, find the place where you belong and dive in. Because we've had people that come and go, and, and I, they land in another place, and they, and they flourish. Find out where you flourish. We want you to flourish here. We want to give you opportunity. Amen? If you do not know Jesus, if you're not sure, you need to be sure today. You're not joining our church. You're joining the family of God. The most important decision you ever make in your life is receiving Jesus, is living for him. And like some of you may be the prodigal son that you've been away from God, you haven't been living for him, you've been just doing your own thing, you know what? He'll take you back. He's been, matter of fact, looking down the road waiting on you to come back. That's what the father does for the son who's born, you know, there's, there's in the same chapter of the parable, the, the, the lost sheep, the son's not lost. He's part of the family that walked away. And the father's looking for the son to return or the daughter to return. Will you bow your heads just for a second? Look at your heart. If you're not sure that you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can do that today. You just pray a simple prayer and ask him to come into your heart. I'll tell you how easy it is. Let's all just pray this together. Father, I come to make a commitment to live for you. So I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I ask him to forgive me and cleanse me from my past. Set me free from sin that I might know you in a greater measure. Thank you, Father, for saving me for sending Jesus to die for me. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.